Hello, I'm Dr. Samuel Meredith. Welcome to the Living the Abundant Life broadcast. I'm so happy that you decided to tune in today, and I hope and pray that I will say something that will help you live the abundant life. Well, before we get to our scripture reading today, I want to focus on the title of this sermon series. This is actually the seventh installment in this sermon series, but I want to focus on the title for a moment. It is Obey and Follow the Plan. Again, obey and follow God's plan for your life. We look at this many times. Uh, people will discover the plans that God has for them. Now, we understand there are some people who walk this earth and never fulfill their purpose or or uh, even find out that there is even a plan for them. But there are those who actually discover the plan that God has for them. Now, once they discover and once we or you and I discover the plan, understand we have a responsibility to obey the laws uh, that govern the kingdom of God. The Lord may speak some things to you directly. Hey, I want you to do this. If we look at our case study, Abram. In Genesis chapter 12, God told Abram uh, to strike out or to leave from this land, go to a place. I'll show you. Abram, the word of God says, did not know where he was going. But he also told him to leave his family, take his, his wife, Sarah. But he also took Lot and he was in disobedience in Genesis chapter 12. But we see in Genesis chapter 13 that they separated. The word of God says the land could not contain them. You know, there comes a point um, where we may initially initially we, we may follow the plan of God, but we're still doing some things or, or God has specifically told us about certain things about ourselves. That's not pleasing. It could be anger. It could be uh, it could be immorality. It could be a number of different things. It could be greed. But the Lord wants to check that or want us to deal with that. And so. Uh, there will come to a point in time where if you take out and follow the plan where you must make a decision. The word of God says, getting back to the story, that the land could not hold them. It could not contain both uh, a lot and Abram. Abram had to make a choice. He decided to obey God and told Lot to depart wherever he goes. He'll go the opposite direction. Once again, there will come a point where you must obey God now either one or two things are going to happen either you will uh, either the, either you will follow the plan of God and shun or, or I should say walk in obedience or that disobedience will overtake and nullify the plan that God has for you now the enemy is very crafty sometimes he may get you like right in the beginning before you really step out other times he may destroy you or try to attack you in the middle of your career. And then other times he'll wait till you're retired. He'll wait till you've lived life, you're in retirement and everything looks like it's good. And all of a sudden things will uh, come, uh, the things of your past will come back and hunt you because you did not obey God. Now we've seen this happen so many times and with politicians, with movie stars, with pastors, with CEOs of corporations, their past comes back to hunt them and all the good things they may have done that that very thing has tarnished their reputation their name and unfortunately the only thing that we know about that person or I should say it this way the only thing we remember about that person is the bad name the word of God says the enemy only comes to steal kill 
and to destroy. Well, this brings me to our scripture reading. We're going to uh, uh, go to First Thessalonians. First Thessalonians chapter four, and we'll begin reading at verse three. First Thessalonians chapter four, we'll begin reading at verse three, and it reads, for this is the will, and let me go back, I'm, I'm reading out of the Amplified Classic Edition. It says, for this is the will of God, that you should be consecrated, separated, and set apart for pure and holy living, that you should abstain and shrink from all sexual vice. This particular passage of scripture is talking about sexual immorality. It's saying that you should uh, shrink away, get away from, turn away from any type of sexual vice. It is the will of God that you consecrate yourself, set yourself apart, live holy. Now, we understand we're in this season of grace, and thank God for his grace, and it is a revelation, but God does not give you a grace as a free ticket to sin. When God is dealing with your heart, now we understand that none of us perfect, we all have issues, but there are certain things that God, when you follow the plan of God, God is dealing with you about a certain thing that you must overcome. You must overcome. You have to obey. It's all about obedience. Now, why is it that God wants you to do this? Because he understands that 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 thing, the enemy has an inroad. The enemy has access to you as long as you're in disobedience, whatever that is. Let's go to verse four. It says that each one of you should know how to possess, control, manage his own body in consecration, purity, separated from things profane and honor. So once again, it's saying that you should know how to control your body. Now, possess, you should know how to act. You should know how to, uh, with, uh, how to control yourself, how to withstand the top wiles of the enemy. Let me say it this way. Let me say it another way. We already know if you have some issues in a certain area, avoid whatever that thing is. If you know on the way home from work, there's a billboard of this this picture of this beautiful piece of chocolate cake. And you know that's a weakness and God has been dealing with you about that. Go another way. Go another route. If you know it's, uh, it's, it's someone that you're attracted to and you know you shouldn't be attracted to them, go a different route. Avoid the person. Whatever it is, avoid it. We know how to keep ourselves. Not only that, the Holy Spirit will be talking to us. Hey, don't do this. Don't stay there. Don't go there. Don't go with that person. Don't go that route. He will speak to us and tell us and show us. He will lead us away. He'll lead us out into the path and, and help us stay on the path of righteousness. I'm kind of reminded of, you remember the movie, the classic movie, The Wizard of Oz? The Wizard of Oz, I should say. Remember Dorothy, as long as she was on the yellow brick road, everything was good. But I remember there was one instance where she got off the path, got off the yellow brick road to pick apples. She got hungry. Where so it is today, the enemy is always going to try to get you into temptation, things that you like. But those apples are rotten. And it's poison in it. It's, it's meant to destroy you and your destiny. Remember John 10, 10, the word of God says the enemy only comes to steal, kill, and to destroy. So we have to make sure we look out for him. Verse 5, not to be used in the passion of lust like the heathen 
who are ignorant of the true God and have no knowledge of his will. This scripture is saying that the, the heathen has no knowledge of the will of God. You know, we as saints, we can be on our way to heaven and truly on our way to heaven. But if we don't know the will of God for our life, you know, we're just spinning in circles. We may have a job. We may be faithful to go on a Bible study, uh, going to something. We may be faithful raising our family. But if you don't know the will of God for your life, you're going to miss out on so many different things. Let's get to the first part of this, of the verse, of verse five. It reads, not to be used in the passion of lust like the heathen. I thought, think this was quite intriguing, the language that they selected to, to, to describe. This is not to be used in the passion of lust. Hmm. That suggests that it's something else driving us to do the wrong, to do the evil. The enemy oftentimes, once again, will talk to your mind. He'll talk to our minds and say, you need to do this. And he'll try to press you into doing things. He'll try to put pressure on your flesh, try to get pressure on you to make wrong decisions that you know that's contrary to the will of God and the word of God. Shun it. The word of God says the weapon of our warfare is not carnal, but mighty through God for the pulling down of strongholds. Those thoughts taking every thought captive to the obedience. Listen, the, the, listen, God knows, we know, we can use the word of God. The word of God will always work. We cast those thoughts down. How do we cast those thoughts down? We don't fight thoughts with thoughts. We, we fight thoughts with words. We speak out of our mouth. No, I will live and not die. I will do this. No, I will not do this. I am the righteousness of God. I am the righteousness of God. He took my sins and all my issues and gave me his. Jesus gave me his righteousness. I am the righteousness of God through Jesus Christ. Sometimes you got to say that to yourself. Say it so many times that you believe it. And it's something about having faith when you can hear yourself say things. That's when it counts, when you can believe the words that's coming out of your mouth. Amen. Let's continue reading. Verse six, that no man trans transgress and overreach his brother and defraud him in this matter or defraud his brother in business. For the Lord is an avenger in all these things, as we have already warned and solemnly and told you plainly. Ooh, there's a lot about this right here. There's a lot said here. Let's unpack this verse. Uh, uh, chapter four, verse six, it says that no man transgress and overreach his brother. What is it saying that no man will manipulate, seduce his brother or his sister? You know, oftentimes, listen, the enemy will put plans in people's mind and they will try to seduce you or the enemy will try to use you to seduce others. Before I go on, let me read this out of some other different versions here. Let's look at this uh, out of the NIV version, the New International Version. It says, and that in this matter, no one should wrong or take advantage of a brother or sister. The Lord will punish all those who commit such sins, as we told you and warned you before. It says the Lord will punish. Don't take advantage of your brothers and sisters. Let's look at this NL, NLT version, the New Living Translation. It reads, 
never harm or cheat a fellow believer in this matter by violating his wife for the Lord avenges all such sins as we have solemnly warned you before. This particular scripture says not to harm or cheat a fellow brother in violating his wife. That scripture tells me, you know what? We have to make sure we conduct ourselves right when it comes to the opposite sex, whether it's in church, whether it's on the job, whether it's in the neighborhood. Listen, whether it's in the mall or, or in the store, whatever it is, we always have to make sure we conduct ourselves as if the spouse is there. The word of God says, if you do mess, mess up like that, the Lord is going to deal with you. The Lord will avenge. The Lord will avenge. These are some strong words, but it is so true. Then it says that you've been solemnly warned. We have been warned. This is a warning. Don't commit adultery. Don't do it. Now, uh, let's look at some things here. And it's not only adultery, fornication, our whole nine yards. Now, let's look at some things. First of all, we can look at it this way. The enemy, once again, only comes to steal and kill and destroy. He will put those thoughts. He will put that that in your mind to get you to act on it. Now, the enemy knows what you like. The word God talks about in James, how when you're enticed, you're enticed. You're drawn away by your own lust and desires. The word of God says, you, listen, if you continue meditating on those lusts and those desires, it will bring forth. It will cause sin to happen. So what? When the enemy try to attack our mind, once again, we, uh, we, we cast down those thoughts, those strongholds, we cast them down. We stop before we even get to sin because if we continue meditating on it, guess what? It will grow to sin. And the word of God says when sin, when it's fully blown, when it's fully developed, it will bring forth death. And that is what the enemy is after. And that is where the Lord is trying to keep us from he loves us he wants us to be successful in every walk of life now there's another thing when we participate in different things like that guess what we lose our inheritance there's so many times in scripture where it says the whatever the the liar i'm just paraphrasing the person who commits adultery fornication they should not inherit the kingdom of god they will not inherit now, it's not saying they won't go to heaven. They can be on the on the way to heaven, but they will not uh, receive the inheritance that's laid up here on the earth for them. Now, you may say, uh, well, why not? Why is God? But God loves us. But, but no, it's not that God is holding out. You won't be able to recognize. In fact, Jeremiah, I believe, 17 talks about how the person who turns away from the true, the, 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 the living God. That person will not see when good comes. God can be trying to get you something, get a blessing to you, but because you're double-minded, we're double-minded. We can't see the blessing of the Lord. Why? Because we're focused on whatever thing, whatever those issues are. We can't even receive. It's not that God wants to get. It's not trying. To, he's trying to do his part, but you won't be able to recognize it. The word God says in Jeremiah 17 that you won't even see when good comes. You won't even see it. The enemy will blind your eyes. Why? He already had your attention. That's why it's so important to obey God. Obey God. There's another point here. Judgment. 
the wages of sin is death. If you continue going down that path, judgment is coming. We don't like to hear that word judgment. We want to hear grace and mercy, but let me tell you something. I know too many good church growing people believe, and I believe they made it to heaven, but judgment came because they did not fix the sin. They did not correct. Like Abraham, he fixed his mistake and everything was good. They did not. They continued to let that thing develop and fester. Y'all, once again, we know so many people who have done this. And one of the tricks the enemy, he loves planting in our minds the idea that you won't get caught. See, you're you going to be all right. You, listen, you got this full. You don't know how the enemy's going to expose. But I'll, I can tell you this. There's no such thing as getting away. There's no such thing as doing sin and nothing happening. The word of God says the wages of sin is death. Now, listen, this is not to put anyone in condemnation. If you messed up, keep moving. Don't do it anymore. Move forward to Shuba. Turn away. Move forward. All right. Amen. Move forward. Now, let's uh, continue on with the reading. Let's look at verse seven. It says, for God has not called us to impurity, but to consecration, to dedicate ourselves to the most thorough purity. In other words, God doesn't want us to be part-time in this. He wants our spirit, soul, and body, our soul, our mind, totally focused on the ways of God and the things of God. He wants our mind. He wants our body. The Word of God tells us to present our bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is our, your reasonable service. That's our reasonable service. He expects us to present our bodies a living sacrifice. Let's look at uh, eight. Therefore, whoever disregards, sets aside or rejects this, disregards not man, but God, who whose very spirit whom he gives to you is holy, chaste, pure. So this scripture is saying. When you choose. Or when if we should choose or one should choose to disregard what's being said tonight he's saying you're not disregarding man you're disregarding god in other words you're despising his sayings it's not about the messenger it's not about the man the word of god says here plainly that you're disregarding god how many y'all understand when you disregard god trouble is going to come now, let me give you a real life story of this. Uh, growing up, uh, I remember this the story. It was a sad story. Uh, and this happened right in the church. There was there was two sisters and uh, we're going to call uh, Sister A, Jane. Well, Jane liked Sister B's husband. Her name wasn't Sister B, but just for the example, she liked her sister's husband. So she divorced her husband seduced her sister's husband got him to divorce her they got married and out of that union they produced a child a girl now you may ask the question why didn't the pastor do anything well if the pastor 
is not living like he should. If he's dibbling and dabbling himself, now I'm not saying he was dibbling and dabbling with her, but people know when you're doing different things. It weakens your testimony. It weakens your power and your authority. There are certain things you can talk about it, but they have no power behind it. And you'll be hesitant to say anything to anyone or try to correct anyone because you'll be too be you'll be too afraid that they may say, well, what about you? The enemy is always trying to take away our power and authority by getting us to compromise. Never compromise on the word of God. Never compromise. So anyway, so there was nothing that could be done. However, understand that even if the pastor can't correct it, if you don't correct it, judgment will come. Well, years later, I mean years and years and years later, um, they were visiting a church and there was a guest uh, speaker from out of town. In the middle of her message, she pointed Jane out and said, you, because you took your sister's husband. We're talking in the middle of her message. And this happened years ago. Sure, she didn't know who this woman was, but the spirit of God knew. Once again, she said, you who took your spirit, your, 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 your sister's husband, because you did this thing and you did not repent, you will not be here long. Sure enough, she got sick, got cancer, and died. Now, was, 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 was the end, did the Lord want this to happen? No, but she didn't repent. She did not repent. You know, let me say this. One of the tricks the enemy loves to get with, with, with Christians, sometimes we think that we can do an evil thing and cover it up with a holy thing. What do you mean? Well, oftentimes we think we can do a evil thing, but, it, but if we get married, it's okay because God honors marriage. No, that's not quite true. Remember David? David took Bathsheba as his wife. After he had Uriah killed, they produced a child. Judgment still came. Listen, you can't hide. Now, does God love you? Yes, but you have a real enemy out there. And when you step under from under the, um, the umbrella of safety, the enemy is there to knock you down quickly. He comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. Now, let's get a little deeper with this because some of y'all may be saying, yeah, I don't know about that because God's great. Yeah, he does love you. But we just read this where the word of God says that you are warned. You are warned. The word of God says the Lord will avenge. I'm also reminded in second, uh, Revelation, the second chapter, to the church of Thyatira, Jesus speaking to John and told John to write this letter. In this particular, in the church of Thyatira, in Revelation chapter 2, Jesus says, tells the, the, the uh, church leaders, say, you permitted this woman, Jezebel, to seduce the people of God, the workers of God. You, you permitted her to seduce them. And the word of God says, she, she, because she did not repent, her children will be on a bed of sickness. Why? Because they, she did not repent. Now, this is grace. This is Jesus talking to John. This is in the age of grace. Do you remember Ananias and Sapphira? Remember, they, they fell down dead when they lied against the Holy Spirit. We're talking about the age of grace. You all remember this. 
it's not that what you did is so big. Jesus' blood can wash any sin away. The, the issue is they didn't repent. Now, the woman did not repent and justified, going back to the story that I told you about, she justified her actions and never did repent to God. Judgment came. Judgment came. You know, I reminded in 1 Corinthians where Paul wrote to the church concerning the man who slept with his father's uh, wife. It was his stepmother. And and Paul said, and and Second Corinthians, in fact, Paul told him, listen, you need to look, they, everything is happening good. Look, you need to get them, cast them out from the church for a little bit, you know, so they can get godly sorrowful. And then in Second Corinthians, Paul had to write them and say, okay, listen, he's repented. Let him come back. At least Satan gets a, a foothold on him. The point is, it was all about repentance. Y'all, you know what? We all do some dumb things, and we'll do some dumb things. You know what? The point is, repent before God. Repent before God. Now, am I saying that you can go out and do these things and nothing happen? No. The word of God still says the Lord will avenge. The Lord will avenge. So what am I saying? Which walk in a way that's pleasing to God at all times. Once again, if you made mistakes, keep moving forward. The Lord loves you. Keep moving forward. All right. Well, I hope you all got something out of this lesson. And the name of this lesson, once again, is, is obey and follow the plan that God has for you. Um, let's see, chapter seven, uh, uh, part seven. We're talking about living holy before God. Amen. Give God a hand clap of praise.